Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio thing. As always, I'm your host, host Buke, and I am joined by Philadelphia, Pennsylvania's own Burial in the Sky. We are just days past the release of their new album, The Consumed Self, and I am happy because we're breaking the mold here a little bit, and I have a couple members of the band, so I'll pass it to you guys. Introduce to our listeners here who we're speaking with. Sam. And there he is. And we got Zach. There Hello. we go. For those of you who don't know, we, we, we have the whole band here. We do. We you do. They're just wrapping up, being, being awesome, getting everything broken exactly. down. You know, here in the world, in, in my world, I like Philly for two things. One, being a hockey fan, you guys have the greatest mascot in the sports world. Gritty is a fucking legend. Absolutely. <laughs> and... You guys have yourselves barrel in the sky, which has for the past four or five years has completely blown me away, blown away other metalheads around the world. Gentlemen, it, things have been fucking crazy the past year. Things continue to be crazy. So tell us, how is the world of burial in the sky right now after your new release, The Consumed Self? Uh, awesome. I would say. Yeah, I mean, how, how's everybody feel? Let's go. How do you feel about this? I, uh, right now, things are looking up. I really feel like we're seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to be playing shows again here soon, and I know we're all really excited for that. Um, right now, couldn't be better, I'd say. Yeah. The album's getting received really well, uh, and we're... Like today, we just had our practice to uh, start these shows up, and we're going to be playing our live set, our yeah. live songs. Yeah, guys, I, I have to ask you this. It, it's, you know, you left us wondering when we were going to be getting new music. The Consumed Self, you know, I heard the first single you guys released a couple months back, and I was fucking blown away because I mean no disrespect here, but... There is so much music coming at me that I, this is going to sound disrespectful, but you guys almost fell off my radar for a moment. And then this new single came back and I'm like, holy shit, I remember these, these guys. Yeah, there's so much, man. You're not, you're not, you're not alone. <laughs> no offense taken. Yeah, I, we were just talking about that earlier today. There's just an overwhelming amount of, I forgot we released an album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally forgot. So, so guys, how, how did we start to come up here and get to where we're at now with the album out 
Was this something that the pandemic pushed off till now? Was this just a 2021 thing that happened? Actually, Sam just mentioned in practice. He sent me a, the riff that he wrote for an orphan city back in 2017. <laughs> March 2017. No shit. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all of us have been writing for this record for a long time. We probably could have gotten it done sooner. The pandemic definitely put a damper on how you had to do things. Um, that was a bit intense for everybody. Uh, but I th I'd say as an overall, um, we've been writing this record for years and then we sat on it for a little while too. And you guys probably waited for me too. I think, I think <laughs> we waited for Jarrell too. Yeah. I had to finish writing the tricks and stuff. I think a big theme for it was like, do it right. Do it when it's ready. Yeah. Don't, don't push it if it's not ready. Like feel good about it until all five of us feel great about it. And then when it's ready, we'll push it out. And yeah. I am glad you just said that because the music you guys play is my favorite subgenre within metal. I love the, the tech stuff. I love the prog stuff. But I think what can turn off a lot of people to this style you guys play is if it's not done right and it's not well finely tuned, it just sounds like a garbled mess. And I think that really speaks volume for the quality of music you guys put out. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I, we all love you. Yeah, go, <laughs> go ahead. Hey, Zach, I have to bring you into this. Uh, there are a lot of people who are finding you guys or finding your work in Rivers of Nil, um, you know, the saxophone work that you've helped out with them. But I always am quick to tell people, no. You guys, Rivers put out a great album, not taking anything away from your fellow statesmen, not taking anything, but you guys had done that already, been there, done that. Yeah, what Was it a conscious effort not to, I guess, fall into, I guess, hey, since it's popular and people talk about when they hear saxophone work, that we need to kind of stick true to who we are or maybe not play into that a little too hard? Um, I think that we, we kind of, all truth be told, we kind of did lean into the saxophone thing. Cause like I joined the band right around the same time that I was recording stuff with rivers. And we were also like gearing up to release, re release. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> release creatio at hominis, um, last, like when, when that was going on. Yeah. So having owls come out and then be received well and then also being like oh like that saxophone player he's in this other band as well um i think a lot of the saxophone on creatio it, it almost felt like it was i wouldn't say shoehorned in but it was definitely like oh yeah like let we should put some saxophone in songs <laughs> on this release or something and we kind of uh for for consumed self we we made sure to write passages that float a little bit better. I made sure that my my sax lines weren't just like um, a certain like shreddy solo or like weird solo um, and fit with the the song, whatever was going on in that in that moment. 
Yeah. You know, there is something I think you guys do so well with that, Zach. And I, I am, I'm, I'm glad you, it, it fits more on this album. You could really tell that you guys weren't doing it to try and you know, force it in. You're not, you know, you're not trying to take it. Hey, let's just, let's just put it in for, for shits and giggles sake. This time around, it was more of that like uh, methodical approach that like, like what we've been saying is like, we thought of like, we thought everything out and everything was like, need to be just so so thinking that out this time and like approaching it like oh we want saxophone or like a saxophone solo here or like this sounds like it might sound good with a a little soft section in between here or something like that to kind of like as we were writing the songs um but yeah it it, it fits a lot a lot better than i thought it did in creation of saxophone wise gentlemen i i have to ask you guys this is a collective thing I am always amazed at the style of music that artists choose to get into. Like I say, almost every episode here, and I, I think it's relative. I have to mention it again. I am not an artist at all. Guitar Hero is about the extent of my musical talent. Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm amazed that you guys, when you start playing music and form a band, this is what you go to because this is no easy music to play. When you guys started forming Burial in the Sky, how was this or what was it about this style of metal that you guys wanted to start playing? Because, mm-hmm. you know, because oh. it, it interesting, you know, while I am going here, like, Joral, you're wearing a dying fetus hat, like sure, you know, yeah. brutal death metal band. You guys could have chose to play that. Why did you guys, what was it about the technical proggy stuff that you guys chose to start playing? I... I think it's could be. I think the question could definitely probably be asked to each one of us, and we all would probably say something. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that this record is a amalgamation of every single one of our influences. Every member sitting here right now, we're not like some other bands where, oh, this guy does everything, or that guy does everything, or this person, that person, this girl, that girl. It doesn't matter who's in the band. At the time, I think Burial has evolved into what we do now will be an image of that of us at that time. Um, and yeah, that was really nice. But and that's I, I mean, I, I think that's just what it is. We wouldn't have songs like Mech if Zach wasn't here. We wouldn't have songs like like Amorosis or Orphan if Sam wasn't here. Um, we wouldn't have all the little things that are different about those same songs that we all wrote and then went, hey, what about this or what about that? We're a very open conversation in the band. So our sound, I would say, is just an amalgamation of all of us. Does it make the songwriting process? Because as a fan who loves long songs, it sounds like the songwriting process for you guys is a, you know, it is a team effort. Does that make the songwriting process a little more complicated where it's just not one person who is the voice that everybody's leading? Is it hard to try and take five ideas and condense it down to one song to where it doesn't run into like an uh, a Opeth 20-minute Black Rose Immortal every song? I mean, yeah, there's definitely... I mean, that's the best part about it is there's tension and creative tension always happens when people have the best intentions and want to pull the best out of the art. So, like, we definitely argued with each other through the process of writing the record. But in the very beginning, it was 
we all took all of our ideas from a lot from every period of time and threw them in a Google Drive. It was like 18 ideas, 19 ideas, some of them just like 40 second riffs, some of them like 10 minute epics. It was and and we took a really long time to sift through it all and be like, all right, what do we like? What don't we like? What's like the theme of the record? So like we should choose songs that are going to be in line with what the theme of the record is. So we really like, again, going back to that first question, it was, it was a lot of taking our time with the songwriting. And it was, it was, I think the, you can hear the hard work in it, which is really cool. You can hear that we went back to the drawing board a whole lot of times. Oh my God. There was a lot of times where riffs would be taken out, entire songs would be scrapped. Oh would my God. Pull, just like, just like cut, done. <laughs> get, get, get it out. out. Yeah. I always imagine that scene of like Nathan Explosion in Death Clock in, in Metalocalypse and like he's like just deletes full records like over and over again. That's how this I Or like or like you know, I like to use this uh, uh, analogy. Like, you know, like the the old uh classic board uh, with pieces of paper and strings attached to the wall and you're just yeah. doing different ideas and stuff. Just a big spider web of ideas. Like Charlie Day, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. but but you know what though, uh, like Brad, you know, to 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 bring you into this, is it like the solos you guys do, the 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 work that that you and that you have to do with your work or Jarrell with your lyrics you bring in? Like I interviewed Tommy from Between the Bear to Me two weeks ago. I totally forgot to ask him this, but is it, is it hard to write? solos when the music around you is so complicated or is it hard to write lyrics that keep so up with all, what's happening around you all of the solos on this record are james okay um, oh they are okay i'm sorry james okay yeah that, that's his thing what a bummer yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so that would definitely be a question uh no you know what i i take that back i i should know that because i went back and i watched the video again and yes, the the fucking solo work in, on that video looks so awesome. I love the way you guys shot it. Thanks, man. Um, I think, you know, I'm just trying to listen to what the song needs. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Jarrell, yeah, how about trying to bring lyrics in, into this technical well, masterpiece? The, the lyrics were difficult but easy at the same time. Uh, easy from the aspect of I had source material. Um, so oh, there, sorry. Yeah. Um, That's fine. I had, which is the story that goes along with the record, um, that we now have up on YouTube if you want to take a listen. Uh, but all of the lyrics, uh, stem from the, the full story in itself. And we wrote each specific song to kind of follow along with the story and the time that the album takes. And, uh, so uh, my lyrics, the inspiration derives all from that. You know, I, I am amazed when I talk to artists like yourself that you guys can can put something like this and more so can contain it to 10 tracks and contain it to an hour long. I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but my God, you guys could probably put out an album right now of content left left over, right? Uh, with what's left over the, mu oh, with what's left over the music? Yeah. Or the yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate those <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, 
there's always a lot of ideas. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. oh, yeah, which is good. It's better to have a lot of ideas and sift and like hold the, the, the high standard bar and be like, all right, which one of these shall make it? What shall pass? Yeah, yeah. Even what shall pass? Even going right. into recording the uh, the vocals themselves, which I recorded with James, uh, there was a couple parts that we yeah. took out completely. We rewrote um, things that just worked better. He had rhythms in his head that uh, definitely fit the song a lot better. And uh, things... I what it comes down to is Jarrell sucks. They didn't get changed <laughs> all the time, but there was definitely things that got added in. And, no, no, yeah, it was another... I mean, <laughs> the funniest... Uh, my favorite stories about the recording process is actually listening to Sam and Zach because they recorded everything with each other. It was great. Yeah. I was just going to say, recording saxophone was a blast because we did it at my apartment. We did bass and saxophone in my apartment and Zach's vocals. Everything's acted on the record we did in my apartment. We did the, the bass, the backing vocals, and the saxophone. It was great doing the saxophone because we could just like rip, let Zach riff over the sections for like an hour and then we'd go back and listen to it and be like, all right, what ideas from this? Like, did you like that you played? Like stuff. And he'd hear something, he'd be like, oh, like, I, I really liked that. I want to build off that idea more. And we'd go back and we'd do it. So like we took our time also at the time we lived two or three blocks away from each other. So it was like every day he would come over, we'd work on the record, go back to his thing. I mean, come over the next day, work on the record. Um, and it's awesome. And you can hear it in his bass playing. And you can hear it in all everything that, that like, it's super thought out. And we didn't want it. To, we wanted, again, we wanted it to be right. And, I, and, I, and he nailed it. It was a lot of fun recording him. <laughs> Zach does playing sax excites you like like playing bass does Ooh, that's a cool question that's a, cool a good question um so i i think it's um it, it's kind of two different things because i mean i mean saxophone there's a lot more of uh expression that i can't necessarily get on bass i mean i've been playing saxophone longer than i've been playing bass by like probably only like two or three years yeah um but uh like i i feel like i've put a lot of time into saxophone so i can do cool things that i can't necessarily do on bass just because of how the instrument is made and the limitations of the instrument and same thing with bass that i can't do on saxophone like i can't like ride on like a, a low string and like like all that kind of stuff on a saxophone well, i mean i could but it would just sound bad it would sound really bad <laughs> but um so it, it, it's kind of like uh it, it's very interesting and it, it kind of gives me more of uh, a, a different fulfillment, like two halves of a whole, so to speak, whenever I play bit songs or like um, when we were running through our set today for next weekend, um, like having to run back and change instruments and then play it and then change again. It's like a whole different level of things, but it's, it's, it's good. And, and it's, it's not, it's a different challenge and a different kind of practice, but um you know, things that I've, I've worked my tail off for to kind of be, like, manageable. Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I, I mean no disrespect here, but in the hundreds of interviews I have done, are you probably the first artist that I can ask, is Kenny G an ins inspiration? Okay, so here's a very interesting, <laughs> I have a very interesting take on this. So, in, in jazz saxophone land, like, if you're a jazz saxophone player, Kenny G is like the bane of everyone's existence, right? Because like like Michael Bolton is for uh, singers. Yeah, yes, a, a little bit, but it's it's kind of I don't know. He he 
he kind of plays what people want to hear and he kind of like makes a living that way and he's like super popular so like good on him for doing that people give him like flack for being like a sellout but like if you listen to kenny g's like solo stuff or like there's like videos of him floating around on youtube of him just like riffing around like dude's got skin he's got chops like dude's got chops in the half like i i will say that i am not even a, a like half of the saxophone player that Kenny G is. So like, I have mad respect for him as a player and like his, his music just like, it's, I mean, it's not on the same wavelength as death metal, but like I can, I can appreciate yeah. it and respect it in its own right that for what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, now I, I see here looking at the metal archives page, James, it says you also play a accordion man, mandolin. You do some synth. I would say I, around with you you (laughs) you you dabble i I yeah i dabble i mean it's (laughs) i can i can play mandolin a lot better than i can play accordion okay okay (laughs) so i can play a little i i my dad i grew up on blues and bluegrass a lot of blues and bluegrass stuff so that ends up my dad was played harmonica in a couple uh like bluegrass bands um this guy named gary who was a sick fiddle player hooked me up with a lot of like he literally just gave me my first mandolin and taught me some licks taught me a lot of stuff that i didn't you know that different kind of approach to music like like literally picking every every single note that you play um which is helped i would say in the long run um but yeah no i play a little bit of you know I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't claim myself as a mandolin player. I guess. <laughs> uh, anybody else play any other instruments or anything? Anybody else like to uh, dabble? I they play everything. They, yeah, they. they I play me and Zach both got uh, me and Zach both got our sax degrees together. <laughs> Zach and I were saxophone players together in college, um, and we both played. I. Uh, yeah, I was a guitar player before I was a drummer. So I write most of I write on guitar. You know, I, I write riffs on yeah. guitar and drums to them. And I've as over the past five years really kind of like fallen in love with drums and like become like really into practicing and getting better at that. But I played piano on Creatio and I programmed a lot of piano on um, Consumed Self too. I composed and arranged the orchestra sections. That was music that I put together. Um, and those were musicians that actually Zach and I went to school with. Those were all people that we knew and were friends and were able, fortunate enough to call. And they were like so down with it, which is cool. Just being like, hey, like, buddy who plays French horn. We haven't talked in a while. You want to play on a death metal record? And he was like, heck yeah. <laughs> of course. Let's dive in. Um, so I think that that perspective is awesome. I think the fact that the multiple instrument perspective is really, really a beneficial in going into this stuff because it's going into you know death metal with a with a totally different toolbox. Which you is know, fun. you you could of course I can't speak to the skill involved to play like you you guys can, but like I I look here, I have my PlayStation Five and my Xbox right next to each other. I'm a big video gamer. Is it that you guys get? Playing the same thing for so long or a lifetime gets stale because I'm not, you know, you look at like a Zach Wild. 
he's probably one of the greatest guitar players that ever lived, but he, and he still practices guitar every day. You ask him, he probably will never master it. But is there something that playing these other instruments do for you, or is it just a love of music as a, as a, a whole? I got one sentence. I love this. The best thing about music is that every time you play, you're just challenging yourself. Every That's time a great you way play, to put it. Played better than you played before, and I could play alone in a room for, and I would be absolutely happy because I'm racing against myself every day. Exactly. Can't. I don't think there's any better, better way to say it. That's it. That's that's well. That's well put. Now, Jarrell, I have to ask you: Do you play any instruments, or you just bring the uh, vocals? I used to play the drums really bad a long time ago. No, he's got chops. He's got some blasts. And he's that's got chops. That's, uh, that's okay, no, no. Like, playing hot cross buns is too. not having chops. No, I don't got any chops. Chops out. There's a good old lamb chop over there. Okay, so, 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 okay, um, so, so what, is it just you just vocals have always been your, your thing? Uh, yeah, so I started out as a vocalist and uh when i started drumming really shittily i picked those up because there were no drummers um and i abandoned vocals for years and then i started playing shows as a drummer and realized that was not the spot for me i wanted to be up front talking to people smashing faces yeah. and uh so i kicked the drums and started doing vocals again you know it's it is interesting you say that because like when, when tommy when i was interviewing him he was saying, yeah, you know, it came a time in between the Barry and me that when we started to bring in clean vocals, we just looked around and were like, hey, who can do this? And he's like, ah, I guess I'll step up and do it. So, yeah. and, you know, you would, you would not, not, you know, the amount of bands I've talked to who the guys were just like, oh, who's going to step up and do this? I guess I'll do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, yeah, guys. It's like dead on. We all kind of filled, filled in. We're like goo and we fill in the spots for each other. <laughs> I, guys, I have uh, been up to Philly. I saw Opeth at the Electric Factory, I want to say. Is that the venue there in Philly? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome That's show. Yeah. Awesome show that it, it, it was there. But, you know, Philly, the reputation speaks for itself, you know, at least in the sports world. It, a bunch of madmen and women. Um, <laughs> But I know from metal, oh, great, great yeah, metal good. scene. I have have to ask you guys: Is this is this something you guys? Is this like a middle school thing? That's how is this a high school? Is this an after high school thing? I want I want to get into a little history of the band here. When did you guys start this band and this friendship here? Oh, when did you? The Facebook page says twenty twelve. I think. I uh, yeah. So for real, for real itself was was the actual iteration of this band um, was in 2012. Okay. Now, this is, this is where I'm going with this. Is 2012, was this high school era for you guys? You graduated high school? Okay. I'm 15. Okay. Awesome. Yep. And that is... I was 17. Okay. And see, and that that leads me right to where I wanted to, to go with this. Yeah. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> I... I am a 38. I, I graduated high school in 01. So I was able to see, you know, the rise of Napster, the rise of, you know, digital music and downloads and everything like that. Your computer As, had a lot of viruses. Exactly. A lot of viruses, a lot of uh, between trying to find, you know, nudie pictures that would download one line at a time, you know. 
Um, how is a band in the early, you know, 2010s really cutting their chops? Were Battle of the Bands still a thing? Were you guys trying to do MySpace posts? I'm, it was interesting. I'm interested in here. How's a band start to make it when you guys were formulating this project? Nothing until 2000, till now. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's just friends that at that time you just kind of like do. I don't, yeah, but, I, but, but, I, but where I'm going with it are like, are, are local shows still like, were you guys like doing Battle yeah, of the Band? Play, it, play you know, you play a show at twice a month to a room of six people uh, <laughs> who are the other bands who are opening. Yes. And yep. then you make friends with them and then they invite you to shows. So you go play with them to six new people who then see you and know it that way. So it's a lot of like... I think it's still really old school. When you first start, I think it really is. Oh, yeah. really it's still shake, like shake the hands, make friends, play to the empty rooms. Yeah. You really got to network with people. Like... We just put, yeah, absolutely. We just put, uh, Columbus Day a couple of years ago, Beyond Creation. Uh, that room was like, like probably like 30 people in that room. And it was like, I mean, it was like a Monday night show. So obviously it wasn't going to be crazy, but like, you know that those are going to happen. Even when you're, Beyond Creation is pretty huge. They have a massive following. Mm -hmm. Great people and incredibly talented, amazing people. How, yeah. how did you guys come to know one another or was yeah. it no 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 you guys hearing the the uh, band um i zach and i played a show with james in like 2015 uh in a band we were in called burn the empire uh and then years passed and then i auditioned for the drum uh for the drum spot when the band was James and Will in like 2016, maybe late 2015. Um, and then maybe 10 months later, Zach joined. And then maybe we did Creatio and Jarrell did vocals on Creatio, but he was like, I'll just do vocals on the record. And we were like, okay, cool. And then the record came out and Jarrell was like, nah, I want to be in the band. We were like sick. Um, <laughs> and that was it. And then we were like, we need another guitar player. And then we found Brent. And that's it. We went on the highway. We found him. We found him. Picked him up. Was actually left he, on the I, side of the road. <laughs> you know, really, really, really guitar. Nice. Guitar. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. I just know corn. Uh, so cool. You know, he I, lives I, out in like the Bruin Lord. Yeah, seriously. No, like honestly, though, I uh, I was honestly just a fan of these guys when I was a kid. I think I've been watching you guys play like since I was like fifteen, really <sighs> like sixteen. Yeah, I was just a baby, oh, and I, like I remember watching. <laughs> how old is? Yeah, how the fuck old? Right, get out. Yeah, right get out of here! Get this kid oh, out of here! Well, yeah, Brad's like I, we I, find out Brad's seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> He's been seventeen for the last. Yeah, fight. I joined the first band when I was sixteen. This is death metal band. Wow, was, weird. Yeah, By the way, I was just a fan of these guys, and then just kind of followed them throughout the years and kept in touch with them and. Just build a friendship throughout the years. These dudes technically were all in the same band, but at different times. Yeah, um, yeah. I was. Well, these two were in the same one, but he was. So. Yeah, these two were in uh, <laughs> uh, Burn the Empire, and then later on, Burn the Empire got a kind of like a name change to Dismal, and I was in Dismal straight out of high school, and then that's kind of like where I was started it, meeting everybody. Was it Zach that was like, "Yo, 
we should hit up Brad. Was it you, Zach? Probably. I think, so. I think it was Zach who was like, it was like, because we were looking for someone. Mm-hmm. And Zach was like, dude, Brad, Brad's good. Brad's got shots. And we you know, the, the the one thing that really shines through just talking with you guys here this last 30 minutes or so, it's it's really clear how much fun you guys have together and what 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 good friends you guys are. It really it it, it really shines through. Now I could hit end recording and hang up and you guys could fucking say, Yeah, fuck you, I'm out of here, you know. But <laughs> you guys really have a great chemistry that really comes comes through. Thank you, dude. Thank you. It's just always having a date night. <laughs> oh. Oh. Make bed angry. Never go to bed every day. Never go to bed angry. Tell you you love each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, guys, I, 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 you're you're wearing a Zenith Passage shirt, and I, I want to ask about this because we do a uh, tech pod here also called technically inclined or we go over a different technical death metal album and try and introduce our listeners to it and what i think of grossly overlooked genre in metal you know we started with uh necrophagist and their great epitaph album um when you're playing technical death metal how do you stand out from others have you thought about that how do you do something that is so yeah it's like all right this part needs less just play a queen chord and saxophone (laughs) (laughs) yeah i sorry i know when i'm specifically writing songs I don't, I just kind of like write things where it's like, oh man, this sounds really good. I feel like people would find this either really catchy or like, you know, some of them like move a little around to a little bit. I, I don't, I'm never like trying to be like, ah, yes, which one of these hooks is going to land us on the top 100 next time? Like, yeah. Uh, never specifically, I don't think we're trying to stand out. I think we're just kind of like trying to refine and, and uh, evolve our sound in terms of what our band already has established in terms of uh, like our our progressions that we use so often that we can be like oh yeah we we've used that one before but you know it's it's different a little bit this time or like um, like you know things in different sections where it's like ah that sounds a little bit too much like this one song from the last album we should probably like change that a little bit <laughs> probably figure that one out but. I- I think it's cool that we've all gotten to the point where we can write, we can just write what we like and it nine times out of 10 is in the pocket of the bands. And if it's not, someone else will be like, nice, but no, uh, <laughs> but that's good. That's what you need. Like you need, you need, if you're only ever complimented on your playing, you're not going to get better. Exactly. Um, I mean, constructive criticism is like the most important thing. We're all very, we all ask each other very frequently, like how did it sound? How does, yep. how does it sound? Do that again. Do it again. That's it. That was great. Now do it again. Yeah. Yo, that was a great one. Do it again. (laughs) It's pretty much it. By the way, we might die. uh, We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We all got COVID. Uh, We're all 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 done. Toward the end of its life. Okay. I will get to to the the end here. Um, With with the kid consume self coming out you guys the recording quality on this is is 
is is really top notch. Was was that something you guys made sure you had that something that wasn't top notch like this was 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 not going to fly? Was it was there a lot of searching for? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, how much was that microphone that bought just for me? <laughs> Uh, like you already had a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Out, out yeah, I, yeah. We definitely wanted to yeah, make sure we sound. We all invested. We yeah. all invested in the sounding better. Yeah. We were. I mean, it comes to. I mean, it's pretty obvious. We mentioned a couple of times. I think there's been a huge growth in Creatio, and there were things about that that we felt we could improve on, and we did. Uh, yeah. One of that quality. I I was walking my dog today, and it's, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I mean no disrespect with this, but. Creatio sounded. It's it spoke of the time. It it you could hear a band starting to get the gears going. Yeah. There were there were times in it when you're like you know honestly listening to it you're like it's that that didn't come off so well. But now really listening to this album, I have already listened to it four or five times, start to finish. It it is that almost flawless, perfect of an album. Thank you. It, it 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 really is, and I know the reviews are, and that's why I do interviews because I have the writing skills of a caveman, so I can't do you guys justice by trying to write you a review that you can stick on your website. But I would just tell you that this is an almost perfect album. I can't think of any flaws with it. The Thank the, the the last two tracks alone, the way this this thing ends. Uh, from caught in the cradle to anatomy of us. Oh, oh God. I would, yeah. As my fiance is sitting here doing her nursing school stuff, I would push her off of me to listen to that last track over and over again. It is so fucking beautiful. Thank you. That's, yeah. um, Zach wrote that song, uh, caught in your cradle. We obviously worked at stuff together, yeah. but that was how many years ago was that? So I wrote that for Bear, for Burn the oh, yeah. Empire. <laughs> oh, Originally, yeah. Yeah. I wrote most of that beginning yeah. section for Burn the Empire, and I was like, "Yeah, we never used it." So I just had this kind of rip, and then just kind of we we kept writing it, and then I wrote like the groove at the end. So like that that's been floating around forever too. But it's it's one of those ones where I was kind of listening to like a lot of intervals and like a lot of guitar driven melodies, where it's like the guitar's got all the the, the hooks and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that's a great tune. It is a great tune. I enjoyed that tune a lot. And it was like, it was, it just, it's a lot of fun. It's a cool song. Zach, we, and that, that I think also speaks volumes of a member coming with like this huge piece of material, this massive thing in us and being comfortable enough to listen and be like, hey, Zach, I want to do this. Or can we not do that? And Zach being like, of course. Like, mm-hmm. and just being a super pro and just being like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, like, adding a little bit on the end and making it flow into Anatomy of Us. And then it was, you know, I, I, that's, that's, that's always fun. I, you know, my friend plays theremin and put theremin on it. Well, as you just heard it, that was my interview with Burial in the Sky talking about their album, The Consumed Self. We had some technical problems there that cut it a little short, but it was a fun interview with all the problems aside. I want to thank every member of Burial in the Sky for joining me. James, Sam, Zach, Brad, and Joel. Thank you, gentlemen. And please go out and pick up the album and support these excellent guys on their new release. Until next time, 